podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. So what song are we doing? Jordan, what song are we doing? I think we've got to continue the Filbert Street tradition. Go for a bit of Robbie Williams, let me entertain you. And welcome to the Big Strong Leicester Boys podcast. Um, yeah, so a two-all draw against Brighton in the last uh, Premier League game. Well, look, it wasn't a defeat, was it? Could and maybe should have been a whole lot more. Three points would have been so, so important and would have done the team a world of good. But look, it does stop the rot. It isn't a defeat. So we're going to cling on to the positives and, and try remain and, and be positive on this podcast. I know it's maybe a little bit difficult the last few weeks. Um, yeah, and, and it is. that That's the life of a football fan. So we'll try to stay positive today. It is a draw. Two all. Uh, delighted as ever to be joined uh, by Jack and Jordan. Uh, Jordan, how are you, mate? You good? Hi, mate. I'm uh, I'm very well, thanks. Um, buoyed a little bit by yesterday's um, performance or result, I suppose. Mm. Um, slightly more positive than the last few weeks. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm good, mate. How are you? Yeah, I'm okay. Um, I'm not quite sure I'd go quite as far as say I'm, I'm buoyed. Um, I am trying to stay positive. Um, Jack, how many positives or, you know, are you buoyed by that result or just just not quite as miserable as you have been for the last couple of weeks? Not uh, you personally, but you know what I mean. Yeah, I. Um, it's all right, wasn't it? I mean, it was, we, yeah. we, would have, we would have taken it before. <laughs> exactly. Disappoint, disappointing to concede late on. I think on the balance of the game, not an unfair result. I think a draw was probably a, a fair result. I didn't think we played that well, but then I didn't think we played that badly. So, you know, on on the balance of how things were, hopefully it's a result that we can take a little bit out of. And, um, you know, maybe it's a sign that we have, have turned a corner a little bit. But, yeah, fingers crossed. I mean, still loads and loads of improvements to make, clearly. Um, but, yeah, yeah, better than so, losing. So, the positives. Jewsby Hall back in the starting lineup, so so fit again. Um, Madison coming on and, and getting some decent minutes. Harvey Barnes scoring a goal after a difficult few weeks for him. Hopefully that's important for him. Luke Thomas was was man of the match. You know, whether you agree with that or not. Yes, Jack, he was. He was he was named man of the match. I saw your face there. He was named man of the match, which is maybe important for, for his confidence. Um, so look, th- those are the positives. And of course... I thought Danny Ward played well as well. well this fair, was the thing. I, I was surprised when I saw that Luke could be named man of the match. But yeah. I did have a think about it and I thought, well, who would I have named man of the match? And I don't really think there were any outstanding performances. But the one person who I thought did have a good game was was Danny. I thought he made some some yeah. good saves in the second half in particular and just looked safe with, with all his with everything he did in terms of his feet and, and coming out for crosses. So yeah, no, I thought Danny did play well, but but Luke was man of the match. Um and yeah, I think you're right, Jack, that it wasn't a great performance. There were room for, for loads of improvements. Um, but at the same time, I think with, with Brighton, I thought that, that Caicedo in, in midfield looked a really, really good player. And, and I think they're, they're clearly a, a very well-drilled side. And, and you can see that they're very well coached, can't they? And I remember we having this conversation last time we played them and we were saying the same thing, that when you watch Brighton, there's a very clear identity in terms of what they're trying to achieve. And sometimes I don't quite see that with Leicester. And I think, you know, you, you've got to give full credit to Brighton there because this is a team, Jordan, let's be let's be honest here, who 
who are, who are dreaming at the moment of potentially playing European football next season. So to not lose the game in, in Leicester's current form and, and situation, it, it has to be a positive, doesn't it? Yeah, I think you summed it up quite well there. I think we were probably about a six, pushing maybe a seven out of ten performance-wise. Um, and there, there is definitely room for improvement. And I think Rodgers was possibly a little too harsh in his assessment of the game afterwards, mm. personally. But, um, you know, we can't forget that Brighton are sixth in the table, pushing European football. Their squad's been together a long time. Obviously, Deservey's come in. Um, and just carried on from where Potter left off. And they looked like a really well-drilled, decent side. And don't forget as well, we lost 5-2 at their place earlier in the season and we looked like an absolute shambles. And that was probably the worst performance we've had all season. Um, so to to concede late on is obviously disappointing, but we got ourselves in a position to win the game. And, uh, you know, it's just a shame we couldn't hold on for an extra five minutes because I think, that's kind of where we're at at the minute, isn't it? These these kind of things are happening and we're not really getting the rub of the green. I mean, the first goal from Matoma was un- unstoppable. Yeah, it wasn't was bad, was it? What a player he is. Yeah, I don't think Costanya could have done anything about that. And Ferguson, who's come into the team, I think yeah. he's only just turned 18. He looks a quality player. And I know he got in between Amarty and Fares, but what a header. I mean, again, I don't really think you can do too much about that either. So well, you, you can't criticise the goalkeeper with either, can you? Which, you know, no. like with all these situations, you you can always say, you know, Castagna, could you have been a yard tighter? You can always say, you know, Dan Amarty or, or, or Vout, you know, could you have been a little bit closer there to Evan? But, you know, they were top quality goals. Yeah, they, they, they were. I mean, my frustration with it was that we've, we've used this this word over the last couple of weeks quite a lot, inevitability. And I just yeah. felt, boys, that we just sat off and, and you know, a Brendan Rodgers team, the amount of time we just can't quite get over the line. And I don't think it's a fitness thing. I, I think it's a tactics thing. Like, you know, Premier League footballers, particularly at this stage of the season, they're not unfit. And it just felt that, that from around 70 minutes, I remember thinking to myself at 75 minutes, they're going to score. And and they inevitably did because we just seemed to just sit in and 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 kind of then almost soak up the pressure. Now Brendan didn't quite go to the point where he's bringing on another central defender, which used to drive me nuts to try see out a game. But we do seem to sit in and invite that pressure upon us, and and it's frustrating because before that point they weren't really putting us under pressure. So it, I do feel like it's it's something that that Brendan is is doing in terms of tactically, where he's where he's asking the players to maybe just you know, sit in, try, keep the ball, you know, not do anything silly. And yeah, because we're not privy to these conversations. I don't think, I don't think tactically he was because he was trying to get them out for about 15 minutes prior. Yeah. But and could you brought, not see that ball coming, Jack? To be fair, I thought we'd weathered it. On about really? 70 minutes, I was like you, if like they're going to get stuck into us for 20 minutes. But I, I thought at that stage, I was like, no, I think it's... I think it's our day today. And I thought, oh, we might, we might get away with this. Mm. Um... For me on the goal, Fez and Amati are way too static. Tielemans doesn't get even anywhere close to blocking the cross. He also, you know, Daka gives the ball away inexplicably almost and Tielemans sort of runs over it trying to be smart and then loses out and then can't get out to cross. So I think I think that is avoidable. That's just not... Oh, it definitely is that's avoidable. Not, yeah. That's not switching on, but I, I, I could see Rogers being like, get out, hold on to the ball... We were trying to get the ball to Madison, but we kept giving it away and we weren't good enough on the ball. I think I think that's maybe what his comments were talking about. You know, 
the players were just smashing it away and and that just gives it you know there's no there is a need to sort of play out in those stages and just and just calm things down and if you get Madison on the ball he wins free kicks and just mm. takes the sting out of the game a bit so so yeah I, I think the I think it's just decision like poor decision making yeah. like that they just it's probably confidence and probably mentality when you haven't won so many games but they're just basic decisions where there's a five-yard pass on but no they're like smashing it up the line and just giving it straight back to them um and again you know the manager can instill a little bit more confidence in them which i definitely think he needs to do but he he can't play the passes for them can he no, I mean, I, I agree that it does feel that James Madison is probably the only player in that team who has that ability just to be calm, be cool. And actually, I mean, it's two things, isn't it? Say it's the mentality, but also the ability. And he is the only one who just gets his foot on the ball and can just calm everyone down. You know, and the reality is, is if we are leading a game of football with 10 or 15 minutes to go, I don't think we're A, good enough to defend a lead and, and be strong enough mentally, you know, and I do think that's a serious problem. And Jack, you, you've mentioned Brendan's comments there, Jordan, I think you did as well. And I have to say, and our, we, we all have defended him lots over the last few weeks. And, and whilst he hasn't necessarily been wrong, I don't, I think he went in too hard in terms of the comments post-match. So I'll read out what, what he said to you, Jordan. I'd be interested to get your thoughts on, on this. He goes, you play at this level, you have to have pride with the ball. There's a number of our players who don't care enough when they have it. They're happy to give it away or not bothered enough to give it away. Um, I mean, I've just said that it does feel like Madison's probably the only person in that team with the ability to actually keep the ball and and, and desperately wants to keep it all the time. And I do look around that team and I, I tend to agree with Brendan, but I can't help but feel that's probably not the right way to, to go about things, You know, particularly when you've not lost the game as well. Yeah, I mean, I know a lot was made about his comments last week, which we might come on to, which I didn't really see a huge amount wrong with, but he can't do anything right at the minute. So I did think he was a little bit harsh yesterday and possibly aimed at certain players that are, are in the team. Um, I think a big, not a turning point, but a big miss was when Dewsbury Hall came off. Obviously, Madders came on for him, but... Um, his energy gives so much to the midfield and so much to the team and gets us higher up the pitch yeah. because he likes to press high and he presses the back four sometimes when he probably should hold his position and hold the shape of the team. And he, he, um, he sort of breaks that and, and presses high. Obviously he, he isn't fully fit to do 90 minutes. So Madison came in um, for the last 15, 20 minutes and they put us under a lot of pressure. And we just seem to get deeper and deeper. And I know, um, Jermaine Genus mentioned it on Match of the Day. I put it in the in the group last night, and I, I felt the same that Vardy was too deep, Daka was too deep, and especially with their pace, all it takes is one ball over the top, and the back four can get 15, 20 yards higher up the pitch. And you know, there was an instance earlier in the game where Vardy actually got in behind Dunk um, from Tielemans pass, and he should have got in behind Dunk in the first half, but Barnes's pass wasn't yeah. good enough. Mm. Um, and maybe that's that's because, you know, he, he was um, struggling with his confidence. Obviously, Barnes scored, so hopefully that changes. But I do think in that situation, obviously, we've been, you know, very poor since the restart. Two on up at home. We've been pretty poor at home all season. I, I just don't know whether it's a mentality thing or a confidence thing. Naturally, I think you do just get a bit deeper on the pitch and try and protect the lead that you've got. And 
I think it's now 19 points from winning positions that we've dropped. Yeah. Um, which is obviously a huge concern because it's the most in the league. But, you know, football's not that easy. Just because you're in the league doesn't doesn't mean you, you should go on to win the game all the time. And again, Brighton were a, a very good side. And um, very rarely do you see a side come to our ground and have 60, 65% possession. Even the better sides, we we tend to get on the ball quite a lot. So maybe that's what Brendan was alluding to, that we just didn't look after the ball well enough and, and didn't see it well enough, particularly in that last 15, 20 minutes. But, yeah, I did think, you know, he's, he's obviously started to um, say say things in, in the public domain, whether it's to get players in, whether it's to wake a few players up. You know, he might have tried it behind closed doors and it's not working. So he thinks, well, I'll do it in public now. It's know. a gamble, isn't it? It is. I, yeah. I, I was... So, as usual, I reflected on this and went, well, I don't, I don't disagree with anything he says. <laughs> but I, whether whether he should say that publicly, I don't know. And having having gone in quite strong now, it, it basically can go one or two, two ways because I think some of the players are struggling with him a little bit and he's struggling with some of the players. He must be relatively confident about getting new players in, I would have thought. Um which is which is positive, and hopefully that gives us gives us a bit of a bit of a lift. And I, I don't think we're a million miles off it, like mm. I, off being a really good side again. But we do look a bit flat. I think you know all it takes is a couple of players to get fit and a couple of players to to come back in. And I, you know, everyone's talking about the next few games. I was like, I think we can. You know, if we're at our best, we can beat Villa and we can beat Spurs. I know that sounds ridiculous, <laughs> but. I, I, I don't think it is that ridiculous. No, I think not, momentum's weird in weird, weird yeah. in football. I, I just takes you know. I look at. I think Villa are ten points ahead of us now, mm. and they were on the same points as us going into the break. And they've they've not been that good. I mean, they beat Southampton late on yesterday. So, you know, they've they've clearly turned a corner. But I don't think they've been that good. And I don't look at their side and think you know, crikey. Mm. Um. So so, but but it is a gamble. And I think you know, if January was a massive month. For Brendan, it's not gone particularly well. I think it's February is an even bigger month. Yeah, um, in terms of fixtures, it's it, it's huge, isn't it? Um, <clears throat> in, a, in a really unprofessional and rubbish way of presenting this podcast, I haven't even told people what's coming up on on the rest of the episode. I've just realised. Um, obviously, first up, we're going to talk about Brighton, <laughs> which we're obviously kind of doing now. We're very much doing now. Uh, but look, um, we've obviously signed a player since the, the last episode. You know, hurrah! Thank God for that. Victor Christiansen signed from, from Copenhagen. We've also been linked with another Danish lad in playing in, in Italy at the moment, uh, Morten Hulmund, um, I believe might be the pronunciation of, of that one, but he's a midfielder. Um, so we're going to be joined by a Danish football expert, uh, Danish, uh, Danish, uh, Danish uh, sports journalist, Klaus Irland, uh, in about 10 minutes' time to get the, the lowdown and, and all the information we need to know about them. Of course, we'll still, still do who are you. Um, and also brilliantly as well, Rick Flair. Um, he's going to be back a little bit later on with his transfer ratings. He's going to talk about Tete, uh, the Brazilian winger we've been linked with, and then also Harry Suter as well, the the Stoke defender who we've also um, been linked with. Um, Jack, Harvey Barnes. Uh, Jordan mentioned there was that one in the first half where he's, it's it's Barnes, it's Vardy, it's just Lewis Dunk. A informed, confident Barnes actually probably can just run it on his own because he's going to do Dunk for pace, isn't he? But he decides to, to to play the pass to, to Vardy and he, he gets it wrong. Very frustrating. Um, and you can you can tell, you can just sense it that it's 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 a confidence thing with him at the moment, right? 
Now he did score that goal in the second half, and you saw him weird away celebrating. And to know what you could see, you, you could almost sense that relief, like he kind of really needed that. And and also the fans as well. Again, there was just a strange feeling around when when Barnes scored. Everyone I think looked at each other and said the same thing or did the same thing, saying you know, that was a big goal for him. But um, something that that you both pointed out in in the WhatsApp group this week, which I was unawares of. Um, was that there are only two wingers, am I correct in saying, who have scored more goals than Harvey Barnes this season? Is it in the Premier League or just in, in all competitions? Uh, in, in the Premier League. So Rashford's that's, got That's nine. pretty good going. Almiron's got nine. Mm. And then there's a few on seven. So Trossard's got seven. Martinelli's yeah. got seven. Foden, if he's a winger, has got seven. Salah, seven. I mean, they've, they've all got more assists than him. He hasn't got an assist yet this season. But, I mean... Again, that's a key, that's a key Arby, stat, though, isn't it? Arby doesn't play very well, puts the ball in the back of the net. Mm. Hardest thing to do in football. And and this is the thing, isn't it? Because, you know, wingers or players in these positions, they go through phases like this. You know, unless you are, you know, maybe, for instance, someone like Mo Salah or, or that kind of level of player, you have to accept the inconsistencies with these players because they have to try stuff. You know, that that is that is the position that they play in. You know, sometimes it comes off, sometimes it doesn't. When you're flying, you're flying. When you're not, you're not. And Harvey, I think, suffers from that as much, if not more, than, than most wingers. But the proof is in the pudding in terms of the numbers and, and what he does do because, yes, there may be a couple of games where he doesn't do it, but over the course of the season, in terms of his return on goals... It's right up there, isn't it, in, in terms of not just you know a, a mid-table Premier League winger, but very much a, a top-half one. We're lucky to have him. I I couldn't agree more. And, and you say he's inconsistent. He might be inconsistent in terms of his performances. His goal output is very consistent, or his assist output even last year, very mm. consistent. I mean, he's, he's, he's an output machine. Like, you watch him play sometimes and go, he's done nothing today, but... Scored a goal. He, I mean, he virtually set up the first goal yesterday as well with um with his shot, which yeah. um which so he, he's and it, and I think having Madison back in the team will help him because he needs you know he needs to someone to put the ball in front of him rather than sort of stand him up. He's not the Mara's type player that can you know got a trick and you know can sort of dance around players. But um, I mean, I I still find it mad that you know some of our fans think he's he's dreadful and you know, they'd sell him. I'd, I, he's one of our best players. Mm. I, I, I think that's an absolute fact. Like I, he's one of our best players and he's going through a bit, a bit of a lean spell and he's, he's our second top scorer. I mean, yeah. I mean, Jordan is the frustrations with him. Do you think that he could be so much better? And I know, I know that's a, a really harsh way to criticize somebody, but you know, when you do look at the, the weapons he has got, he's a great finisher. You know, and that pace he's got, you know, in, in full flight, you know, not many can, can stick with him. You know, and sometimes when he is one-on-one or, you know, he's in a particular position out wide, you're thinking, Harvey, just go. And Jack mentions it there that the second goal comes from him just having a shot. And sometimes he's, there was one actually in the first half as, as well where he was on the edge of the area. He could have had a shot, decided against it, passed it to somebody else, and then the move completely broke down. You need to shoot. You need to take your chances. You need to brave. No one's ever going to have a go well I'm certainly not going to have a go at Harvey Barnes for trying to do something if it's going past the fullback if it's having a shot and you just feel that he just doesn't maybe quite do it enough and, and if he did his game would go from being a very very good winger to, to an elite one and I think that's maybe the frustration that you know, this isn't a, a problem with his ability it's just what could be if he just did that little bit more yeah I think he is the definition of a confidence player 
Um, and like I say, hopefully now he's got that goal uh, yesterday. We'll see him back to the, the barns of old or we know what he's capable of. But those wingers that you mentioned um, that have scored uh, more than him, I mean, Rashford's arguably in the form of his of his career. Um, Almiron, I don't know what's happened to him, but he's been unbelievable. And then all the <laughs> other players that you've mentioned, they're all playing for sides in the in the top half or very, you know, Liverpool are underperforming, but Salah has been unbelievable for them. They're all top, top quality players. And and you've mentioned Barnes in that bracket. And I think he is in that bracket. And don't forget that he, he has had an England call-up. So Southgate, he's obviously on his radar. Um, obviously, the pass in the first half was behind Vardy. And like you said, Jake, normally you'd see Barnes just run at Dunk, beat him and then square it. Um, mm. His goal was, was probably just what you want when you're out of confidence. I know he was like in the six-yard box, but I think he took it really well. Yeah. He kept it down, hit it cleanly. And like you see, you can see the relief when he'd scored. You could see the relief in his face that he'd, he'd put us in the lead. But yeah, I mean, it, if Barnes was to go on to that next level, he probably wouldn't be playing for us. And we'd be <laughs> no. at, at selling him for 50, 60, 70 million at least. And I do feel sorry for him in terms of the fact that we haven't got a right winger. Um, you know, no disrespect to Sharkey, who came in yesterday. Did well. Did well, scored. You know what you're going to get from him. I think we might have got a penalty anyway. It looked like it was a handball on Barnes's shot. Um, but it's so predictable playing against Leicester because you know they're just going to go down the left-hand side every time. And and like you say, Barnes likes it in behind rather than standing up his full-back and beating him. He hasn't necessarily got the technical ability to do that. He's just an instinctive player. Yeah. And he's just a... a a beast. So if we could get someone in on the right and, and give the side a bit more balance and help Barnes out, then you've got a threat either side. And then Vardy or Daka, I know they've both been getting stick. They'll get a, a lot more service from either side. Um, and yeah, one thing I certainly wouldn't be doing is, is when you haven't got a right winger, is selling your left winger who's got seven goals the same as Madison this, this season. So especially when he's under contract for for a couple more years. Um, I think there's a lot more pressing issues than, than selling Harvey Barnes. I mean, he, he's definitely one that I wouldn't look to sell unless we can get 60, 70 million for him, which he, he can be that kind of player when he when he's on song. Yeah, be good, but but don't be too good because we'll lose you otherwise. But Jordan, <laughs> you're, you're 100% right. Leicester having another winger like Harvey Barnes would make Harvey Barnes a million times better because, as you said, we're so predictable to play against. We've only got really one winger. And also, as you said, he, he's an instinct, an instinctive player. And, you know, if he just thinks about things less, um, he, again, you know, he, he, he may see the output increase even more. Um, one or two complaints, lads, during the week. I mean, we've had lots of, of praise from the podcast and very much appreciative of everyone who's listened. Um, each week, it's more and more. Um, lots of great feedback. But... Lads, if there's been any criticism, it's that the podcasts are too long. Um, it's not our fault. You know, it's it's Leicester's fault because they're giving us so much to talk about. Do you know what it's like? It's like knowing someone when, when there's something wrong with you and someone says, are you okay? And you kind of think just to say, yeah, I'm fine. But if you actually do tell them what's wrong, you end up talking for an hour and then thinking, yeah, I wish I hadn't bothered asking. That's what it's like at the moment supporting Leicester because I could just say, yeah, it's all right. It's okay. Bit crap. But we're actually talking about it. And as soon as you start talking about it, you can't stop. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to try keep it a little bit shorter today. Um, we are still going to do Who Are You? We are going to talk transfers. As I mentioned, Rick Flair is going to come up a, a little bit later on, talk about Harry Suter and, and Tete, the winger. Um, but let's actually talk about 
a brand new signing. So Victor Christiansen signed um, over the weekend or just at the back end of, of last week. He was he was in the stands, uh, sat a seat behind uh, Jack at the King Power um, for that game against Brighton. So delighted to say now we're going to speak to a, a Danish sports journalist, uh, Klaus Irland, now uh, to talk about Victor and another Danish player. Klaus, good evening. Uh, thanks for joining us on the podcast. Really appreciate your time. How are you? I'm doing fine. I'm doing fine. Busy. It's the transfer window. So that's uh, like Christmas uh, every day for football reporters, you know. Yeah, no, I, I, I can imagine. And of course, uh, that's the reason why we want to speak to you, because we've signed one Danish player, may sign another one as well. So we'll go on to, to him in a, in a couple of moments time. But but quickly, um, Klaus, what I wanted to mention is because you, you live and work in Aarhus. Is that correct? That's that's correct. Yes. What was my pronunciation good again? Or was that okay? Uh, you you were better at Elon, obviously. <laughs> oh, <laughs> but we didn't rehearse that one. No, we didn't. We didn't. As soon as I said it, I thought, I'm not sure I've said that right. And I was a little bit No, panicking. no, you're going to stumble on it. I mean, I, I can actually give you some hints, but I think it will be going on from now until, until you yeah. go on summer holiday if you want to pronounce it correctly. But if, if, you, want to, if you want to rehearse it, it's Aarhus. 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 Um, yeah hey hey it's actually quite like if you if you uh, if you recall the old madness tune we, we yes. do recall the well, old madness tune so. well, well, well this is the thing because leicester played against randers in the it was conference league wasn't it last year and jordan and jack here they they both went out for the for the game and and stayed in Aarhus, and that became a, a bit of a leicester song where we're out there and um I'm sure Jack and Jordan maybe a couple of questions that they want to ask you, but I think I can speak for all the Leicester fans that did go and they had the absolute best time, you know, of all the European trips we had last year. So many people say that the Randers and the Aarhus trip was was the best one out of the lot. Well, it appears to be quite a theme these days uh, with people enjoying the time in uh, in Denmark because I I, uh, I recall West Ham supporters to travel to both Viborg and Silkeborg. Um, and... Uh, and uh, I actually know that there were there was quite some some bonding with the, with the Viborg and West Ham fans uh, because they were so impressed by the support uh, uh, in London and uh, and when they went to Sigborg, the the West Ham fans were actually treated with uh, with free beer when they were picking up their tickets. So um, so um, come back to Europe and get some Danish hospitality. <laughs> We'd love yeah, to. Yeah, I was going to say it might well be a while, but we'd absolutely love to. We, we really would. Um, Right, should we talk about these these players then? We'll, we'll start with Victor Christiansen, just signed um, from Copenhagen. Um, we believe somewhere between maybe 15 and, and 20 million. You're never quite 100% sure on, on what the exact figures are. Uh, but he's a young player, plays at left back. Klaus, yeah. I think we're, we're quite excited by the potential of this player. Um, what, what do you know of him and, and, and should we be excited? Uh, he he's part of a very very interesting young squad and a uh, young batch of people coming out of FC Copenhagen uh, that uh, they have really stepped up their academy work and uh, and he is I mean he's a standout player uh, even though that he is located in a not a standout position at left back he he has really I mean he's impressed everybody around FC Copenhagen with his attitude, with his way of simply making his way into the team and making himself a first choice. I mean, he, he's undisputed first choice at left back at a very young age. And that's 
that's not something that's been common for FC Copenhagen, uh, but he's been kind of leading the pack of young players breaking through and setting, I mean, kind of an example for all the young young, young players coming through and kind of made it made it um, made an impact in that sense that he showed all the other young players that you're actually able to make your progression into the team. Uh, and this season, it was a Champions League team that he was uh, uh, that he was part of. So, so that's that's how he he's been, really been a standout player uh, and and a new batch of players at FC Copenhagen. Now, I've I've watched lots of the highlight reels, like I'm sure lots of the other Leicester fans have, have done. But I also do remember him playing against Man City, and weirdly. You know, he he did actually stand out. I thought I didn't know who he was, never seen him before, and I thought he looked a really good player. But of what I have seen of him, he's he's obviously quite a tall player, which is quite uncommon really these days, isn't it, for fullbacks? And seems to love a bit of a slide tackle. Um, what, what kind of player is he? Energetic, uh, inspirational. I would say. I mean, he is he in is in a, kind of a, a captain. A mold, I would say. I mean, he he leads by example, and he never gives up. I mean, you you'll never get anything less than one hundred and five ten percent from him. And uh, he uh, he has to be exhausted every time he exits the pitch. So uh, so he's giving his everything every time. And I'm also, I believe that this is the the record transfer for a player in terms of leaving. Um, the Danish league. So of, of all the, the talented and, and great players you've had leave over the, over the years, do you think he, he warrants that, that title or, or pressure as such? Uh, I think, I think that's, uh, that's a, that's a bit of a stretch. I think, I think that obviously you're pre- playing, uh, paying a premium when, when you're, you're uh, from the premier league. Um, and he equals the tr- record transfer fee of the Danish league. There was one, one player going from uh, from uh, FC Nordsjælland to um, to uh, a, a French club uh, uh, in the summer, Kamal Diaz Sulemana, who's now being being labelled as a as a prospect for Premier League teams going out mm. of France. So um, so he equals that. Um, I, I mean, normally the, the the record transfer fees are reserved for uh, for uh, uh, attacking players. Uh, uh, players that really pose a goal threat, uh, but then again, I mean, Premier League will always kind of uh, uh, hide the uh, push the price up a bit. So, so if we say that the, that the inflation caused by being Premier League that he equals the record transfer fee, I mean that that kind of makes sense. Um, uh, that that maybe he's not in in the same bracket as Sulemana. Um, but but just just below and uh, and and uh, different skill sets, I would say, as he is a, a, a player coming from from the uh, back line and and pu- putting on pressure from uh, from a defensive uh, out uh, point. Um, obviously, he, he's a young player, so this we're hoping anyway some some development there and improvements over over the coming years. Where do you think he, he needs to work at in terms of is his game? Is, is he a particularly attacking fullback, or you know where where do you think his his weaknesses maybe maybe lie? Just so we've got a little bit of a heads up um, before we get to watch him play. I mean, he is an attacking left sided defender. I mean, he's a he's a fullback going back and forth all the time. Uh, so so obviously that's uh, that's where he 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 just full, fully uses his energy levels 
for at at every match and obviously that's that's the 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 contrast to being a a player a seasoned player that kind of you that you get to uh, to look at uh, or how you use your energy in a match i mean you being a bit, little bit more conservative with your energy once you get a bit a little bit older been there done that and and obviously you will be more level headed as as you uh, as you grow into the game but he has the energy to uh, and that's that's the that's the big plus he has the energy from my point of view to match the energy level uh, of the premier league um and uh, and obviously the danish league is not at an energy level intensity level of the premier league so so you're getting that um, from from a very young player and a player who's who's been been used to and been schooled very well in in the in the danish academy system so he's also disciplined in that sense and from a young, from uh, judging him from for as being a young player he has he has the whole package i would say uh but obviously there are still some some uh, small glitches that you need to to iron out but uh everybody going from another league going to the premier league mm. has to uh, to um to kind of get used to playing in the premier league um but i would say you have daniel armate playing in your team now who made the same transition i would say that that uh, victor is more uh, able to play from from day one than Daniel was as as he did not have the same intensity level in his uh, in his game and he had to step up. Mm. I mean, we're, we're really hopeful that the Victor hits the ground running because we, we need some help and, and that left-back position is, is somewhere I think lots of fans are, are really keen to, to improve upon. But it's it's maybe worth pointing out in terms of you saying someone being ready for day one, it was the, am I right in saying that the, da- the Danish league actually finished in, in, in November? So, so Victor won't have played you know, any real first team football for for nearly a few months now yeah that's true and he uh, and um, and victor was also part also part of the danish under 21s that 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 actually uh, did not go through uh, to the euros they were beaten in the playoffs by croatia at penalties so uh, now he hasn't been playing uh, uh, for a few months now um, due to the world cup um, I mean, they, the Danish league normally goes into the winter break uh, uh, early December and and uh, picks up again. I mean, he is he's been in preseason with FC Copenhagen. Uh, the Danish league will resume uh, in in three weeks' time. So so he he was part. Um, he did resume uh, uh, training with FC Copenhagen uh, uh, going into um, uh, preseason or, or preparation for the for the spring season. Um, apologies once again for, for the pronunciation here. Uh, Morten Hulmund. How was that one? Awful. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. I mean, I mean, I mean, it's like the, the H. If if you put the H in for, in front of a J, yeah, and then in Danish, and then you have a, a vowel. Uh, no, uh, yeah, uh, a vowel. Um, then then you will uh, then you won't pronounce uh, you won't speak or pronounce the the h so um it's it's kind of like uh, if you listen to the the radio when they talk about pierre mil hoybier they yes. always say i mean they get that they get that pronunciation right they they uh, they don't say bjerk or something like that so but but you don't you don't speak the 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 h and you say yulman yulman 
Okay. Your man. Well, Morton. Yeah, man. Your man. Um, a Le- yeah. a, another Danish midfielder. This one uh, currently playing it in Italy for for Lecce. Um, I have known absolutely nothing of this player, and we're not sure in terms of the the links how you know real they are if there's any real potential but I have seen links with a move to Leicester as I said I've never seen him play before and I've looked on his Wikipedia page he's not scored a lot of goals in his career so am I right in presuming he's a defensive midfielder he's a holding midfielder yes and he's the kind of guy that would make it possible for Drew Spurry Hall to uh, to go roaming forward well, they say that's that's interesting though because I mean we have a couple of defensive midfielders already, and and, and Morton, uh, twenty three years old, um, currently playing in in Syria. Then for Lecce, I mean, how good do you think this guy is? Do do you think again, you know, because what we're talking about is someone coming into the Premier League and improving upon what we have, and you obviously know Kin and Jewsbury Hall, so I'd imagine you know a few more of our, our of our other players. I mean, do you think that Morton could come in and and, and be an improvement on what Leicester currently have? He has been quite a sensation in Italy. I've been I've been hearing about uh, big clubs um, looking at him for uh, for the best part of eighteen months. Uh, obviously, Italy have have been very very uh, hard struck by uh, the repercussions of COVID and 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 how it broke out down there. So so also the Ital- Italian clubs are. Uh, in a very very uh, precarious situation. So even though that I hear that teams like Juventus and and the likes looking after him, I mean he's not their one number one priority when they have to go and and see how they use their funds. So but he is really one a player who's been targeted by bigger Italian clubs for for quite some time. And and I've been hearing. I mean, when when making uh, uh, the rounds and hearing what what's really. I mean, who's who's creating a stir. I mean, he he's always one of the the players being mentioned uh, as being someone who's highly rated in 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 Italy. Um, I I think the the reason why he's been mentioned now in England is actually uh, due to uh, financial constraints in in Italy. Mm. You don't really see any any big money transfers uh, in Italy. Uh, at the moment, so if Lecce wants to earn some money, I mean they have to go where the money uh, are, and um, I, I think you have. I mean, you still have some in England, don't you? Yes, well, I mean there is some, but but Leicester don't have huge amounts. So I have to say, when you when you're talking about Juventus and maybe a, a bidding war, and it not necessarily being a priority position for Leicester to strengthen, I, I do feel that it's probably then going to be unlikely. But but I, I know it's difficult to. To, to put figures on these kinds of things, but but what what are we talking? Do you think he, he could potentially go for? We talk maybe like a thirty million pound footballer. I, yeah, that's. I mean, that's that's in that in that region. I would say. Mm. I mean, twenty twenty million uh, million plus. I would say. Uh, I think Lecce are very much looking to cash in, uh, but. Going after a holding midfielder uh, during the winter transfer window. I mean, it seems like you you kind of go on and address other parts of the squad, yeah. and then it's it's kind it's like a it's a summer acquisition that you that you go in and and, uh, and strengthen the uh, the central part. Uh, I mean, it's not a sexy transfer to bring in a holding <laughs> midfielder, is it? 
No, it, it, it's probably not. Um, all right, brilliant. Well, look, Klaus, we, we really do appreciate your, your time today. I think it sounds nice and positive on, on Victor. Uh, Morton, we, we won't hold our breath on. Um, but, but again, as you said, maybe something for, for an upcoming transfer or or maybe it's just not something we can, we can uh, he, he shares. He shares the same agent as Victor. So uh, so oh, maybe, okay. may, maybe there's been a two for one in that sense. <laughs> well, again, that, that's a really good insight. And we very much appreciate it. Okay, Klaus, uh, thank you for your time. Really appreciate it. And yeah, um, yeah, maybe, just maybe, we'll, we'll have some more Danish players. Next time we do, uh, we'll get you back on. And if we just so happen to get back in the Europa Conference League or Europa League and we get a lovely trip off to, off to Aarhus, uh, we'll give you a shout and we'll meet up for a beer. How about that? Yeah, you're welcome at our house anytime. Right, <laughs> Thank you very much. Thanks, Klaus. Thanks, Klaus. Top man. All right, brilliant stuff. Um, Danish uh, sports journalist uh, Klaus Irland. Um very critical on my pronunciations there. <laughs> I of all the pronunciations, you know, lads, because it's very difficult, isn't it? When particularly doing European football, because you don't want to be that that guy where you think, "Do know what? I'm 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 going to ignore the proper pronunciations here. I'm just going to be, you know, English and say, no, it's it's Klaus Egelund, you know." But at the same time, it's really hard. <laughs> well, really hard. he's just picked apart every single pronunciation I, I ever. I mean, bear in mind, I, I don't speak a single word of, of Danish or anything remotely Scandinavian. I, I didn't realise I was that wrong on all of them. With a commentator last night on a match of the day, if anyone watched it, kept calling Tillemont. Mm, but, but Why you are get, you doing that? You, you get the odd um, either commentator or European football expert, you know, particularly on Talksport, that that some will do the exact you know way that it's said in that country. That and to, well, no, because for most of us, it's like well, we've never heard them say it like that before. But the reality is that is the correct way to say it. You know, I just I just feel silly when I try actually say it like that. Um, but at, at the same time, you, you probably should make an attempt to to say it properly. But but anyway, uh, we digress. Let's talk about them two players, um, Victor Christiansen, Jack. Um, he was sat behind you at the weekend. You got yeah. a picture with him. Um, we had a little chat. Um, <laughs> on the basis of of that meet, is he going to be Leicester's um, outstanding player and, and slot wonderfully into this left back position, and we sell him in a couple of years' time for for seventy million quid. Do you know what? Like, I haven't <laughs> I haven't spent that much time in the presence of footballers, but uh, on the basis of my conversation with him, <laughs> I think he'll be amazing. Yes, he. He's like he's so he's twenty. He comes across as a lot older than that. He's very calm. Was very chatty. We were speaking about, I spoke to him about Denmark. Obviously, you know, I, I love Denmark. Uh, it's the only country that um, they speak to me in their native language as I go through passport control. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he, um, I mean, he's he's big, He's bigger than me. So I'm six foot. So he's slightly taller than me. So that's, that's a plus side because we haven't got many uh, six footers. Um, he... He talks of it like I mean I was literally sat behind him, so I was hearing him talk about football and stuff. Like he knows what he's doing, which is which is good because you wonder with some of our players whether they do know what they're doing. Um, <laughs> he clearly has played football before. He's clearly very physical, um, and yeah, like he 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 seemed he seemed great. Um, yeah. So and on the basis of that, I mean, you know, you asked about weaknesses and things like that. It doesn't sound like there's any obvious ones there from from what Klaus said. So. Um, so yeah, that's good, and I, I, I'm I'm just really excited to have a left-footed 
left back. I think he is left footed. I assume he's left footed. Yeah, he is. To just just balance out that side a little bit because even when we're playing Justin out there, we've not got the same balance and we've not got someone that can really overlap. Justin's always mm. underlapping and Thomas barely goes behind beyond the halfway line. So I'm looking forward to almost he sounds a bit like Castagna in a way, in terms of that sort of energy and, and physicality. And I'm a big Castagna fan. So um so no, I'm I'm excited about him. Mm. Jordan, my only concern or is, is the fact that the Danish league finished in November because we do need someone, don't we, to, to hit the ground running, come straight in. You know, we, we need these signings to have an impact now. You know, there's, it's great signing players for the future, a young player, you know, and that's clearly the, the way the club are going to do things. They're not really, you know, after having their fingers burnt with a couple of other players who are over the age of 25, we're not going to name their names. Um, but we've, we, we're Victor, we need a player for the future, but we need someone now. And if he hasn't played at a first team game of football since November, he's probably going to need a good few weeks, isn't he? Which I'll be honest, isn't really ideal, is it? Particularly with the fixtures we've got coming up. Yeah, it's not ideal. I wonder if he'll throw him straight in at Walsall. Yeah, well, he, maybe, he should do, I think. Yeah, and then maybe play Luke at Villa. Um, it just, like I say, it depends on his match fitness. But interestingly, I think you mentioned earlier that Thomas was man of the match. I didn't realise that. Um, looking back, I can't think of any you know standout players. But I think I said a couple of weeks ago, it's not necessarily signing him to go straight into the eleven. It might give Thomas a bit of a kick up the arse to mm. to improve. So at least there's competition for left back now. Um, and then obviously when if if ever uh, JJ gets fit again, we'd, we'd be pretty strong in that position. So. Um, I just want to quickly mention, I didn't think it was a penalty on Thomas yesterday. Um, I know a lot of people do, do think it was a foul. I wouldn't have been up in arms if we didn't get that. Um, I, I thought Welbeck was looking for it and he made a, a huge meal of it, to be honest. Welbeck kicked him. Yeah, I, I don't think it was a foul. I thought it was pretty soft. Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, Klaus there said some positive things about him. He, he sounds like a good prospect. And I do think in general, Scandinavians and Danish players in particular make a good transition into the English league. Yeah. Um, so I think you'll be fine, mate. I, like you say, you just need probably a couple of weeks to get up and running and then uh, hopefully we've got another serious young player on our hands. Yeah. And hopefully he's going to be joined by a couple more before the end of the transfer window. So look, we will hear from Rick and, and talk about some of them players uh, before the end of the show. Um, but before then, should we play a game of Who Are You? Let's do it. Okay, great. Come on then, let's do it. Who is your daddy and what does he do? Who are you? You. No, not me, you. Yes, I am you. Just answer the damn questions. Who are you? Wait a minute. Who are you? Well, for some reason, this guy popped into my head this morning. Can I, can I just clarify something before I play this game, Jordan? I already think I've lost because I'm playing against Jake. So Jake has completely... I was just going into this with, should I even bother? Because Jake's going to win. So um, it's funny you say that, Jack, because honestly, I was sat there earlier and like all of us, we just live, eat, sleep this podcast. And I thought, do you know what? I can't, I can't remember who was, it, who was Quizmaster today. I knew it wasn't me. And I was, I was like, no, it doesn't matter who it is. I'm going to win anyway. Yeah, exactly. That's how I'm feeling. I'm feeling extra confident yeah. today. Yeah, that's good. That's good. So there we are. Uh, I've set modest. myself up for a well. I've set myself up for a fall now, haven't I? Very modest I with so. it as well. In, in, in true Chris Eubank Junior style, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna knock Jack out in one round and inevitably 
have to, the, the the opposite done to me. Um, so, Jordan, how much thought have you given to today's player? Well, he, he popped it to my head this morning, and and as we all know, it's all in Were the you in the shower. You're in the ice bath again. Yeah. <laughs> yes. No, no, I, I wasn't. I, 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 have, what, had, I have had thought, my ice bath. Are we 45 though? minutes into the episode with the first mention of an ice bath? And to know what we've also not had yet, which again, talking about complaints, we've not had a single swear word yet either. The last couple of weeks, we, we've 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 dropped a few f bombs in because again, it's not our fault; it's Leicester's fault. But we, we haven't, haven't lost. Sp- we haven't lost today. Exactly. So maybe you know, there's like a, there's a graph that's like fucks to loss ratio. Yeah. It just goes. <laughs> but if you're playing big, strong Leicester boys, bingo! You've had your yeah. first ice bath and you yet to have your first swear word. So Jordan, go on, yeah. take it away, mate. I will. And I just quickly, I did like that tweet saying, "Tell me you've listened to the podcast without telling me <laughs> the photo of an ice bath," yeah. but. Um, Less, less of the ice bath and more yes. of the ice. So, Come on. Um, I was born on the 21st of November, 1977. Oh, going back. So he is around... 45. Yeah. He is 45. Um, I'm not going to tell Does you that where. Does that mean I've beaten Jake already? Because I got the Yeah, you win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like you tried to claim Joe Hamill because you I gave you his well, first name. Yeah, and I still did win that. No, you didn't. I did. If I wasn't a runaway winner already, I would dispute that. But um, You didn't get it. I did. Anyway, sorry, Jordan, carry on. I'm not going to tell you where because I think that would be a big clue. But in total, I played 272 games at club level, scoring 13 times, and I scored... Uh, sorry, I had 16 international caps without scoring. Okay, so... It's... Alan Mabry? <laughs> no. It's a defender or a holding midfielder or a really, really, really crap striker. Elvis Hammond? No. <laughs> right, carry uh, on. Next, next that clip. was a joke, by the way. I mean, it wasn't a joke. He was crap, but that wasn't my actual guess. Interestingly, uh, he played 84 games for Leicester, but he scored eight times. So most of his career goals came at Leicester. Hmm. Um, how many international games again? 16. Is it Dion Dublin? It's not Dion Dublin. Actually, no, because... Get out! Sorry. Honestly. (laughs) No, I just remembered you said his career games. He scored like 16 (laughs) goals in his entire career and you thought it was Dion Dublin. (laughs) Yes. No, as I said, I I remembered that his (laughs) career games and goals. But I think age-wise and Leicester games and goals, it's not a million miles away. No, it's fine, Jay. I'm glad to see your confidence is misplaced. I'll still win. I can I can start making it a little bit less ambiguous now. Okay, come on. Now we've had three clues. So I joined <laughs> Leicester on the 12th of September 2008 and I made my debut against Lincoln City in the Football League Trophy. It was nil-nil. We won 3-1 on pens. Wow. 2008. Yeah, no, I do. I know when this was. Mm, I Who don't. did we sign... But you've not said how many games they've played for Leicester, have you? No, I did. He did played he? 84. 84 and he scored eight goals. And he was an international. Mm. Obviously not an English one. No. Um, no, I was going to have another guess there, but no way did he play that many times for Leicester. I think you might start getting it now. Now the clues get a little bit 
No, because the thing is, I know this, but I'm not, I, I, I can like picture it out. I know which season it was. <sighs> I'm really struggling with that year. I can't really picture it. And I can't remember the game. So I could give you a bit mm. more. Yeah, go on. Is it Bruno Werner? It is Bruno Werner. Oh. Yes! Come on! Jackson! <laughs> oh. <laughs> it is. What a player. He's a good player, isn't he? Who do you think needed that more? Oh. Harvey, Barnes, Harvey Barnes or Jack Holmes this weekend? The next, the oh, next, clue, <laughs> the next clue was going to be, um, obviously he won League One, but he won um, the second division in Germany with Freiburg. And then if you were really struggling, I was going to say I started my career at Grasshopper. Mm, I think yeah. I would have to give it away. Yeah. Very, very good from Jack there because there was no mention of Switzerland. No. And I'll, 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 I'll be honest, if you it, said Freiburg, I don't think I still would have got it anyway. No, but I, the thing I got was it was the League One season, wasn't it? Oh, see, yeah. that and that. I yeah, that's why I was... And I had that in my head. And I was like, I could say that, but I know you'll get it before me if I say that out loud. So I was yeah, like, I need I to... Couldn't... I couldn't get the date in my head. I was going through all of them. I had Nicky Adams. Remember yeah, him? Yeah, remember him. Uh, and I was going through like, which of our players, I was going to say Tunchev, but then I was like, no, nah, it's not, yeah, can't be him. Yeah. That would have been a good guess. Um, but then I thought if I say Tunchev, I didn't quite think Tunchev scored eight goals. I don't think he played 84 games for us, Tunchev either. No, he was injured for 84 months. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Good, so Good game well, there, Jordan. Jack. Well done. Mm-hmm. Congratulations, Jack. Well done. Thanks. Thanks, Jordan. Thanks, Jake. So I'm in charge next week. Um, right then, come on. Uh, let's talk transfers then. We, we'll have a quick chat about Walsall. Of course, that's the, the next game. But this is what everyone's talking about at the moment. We do now have our first signing. We are really hopeful for a couple of more. Um, two names linked. Harry Souter at Stoke, defender. And Tete, a Brazilian winger, on loan at Lyon. But actually, parent company parent company, parent club, uh, Shakhtar Donetsk. But let's get the load down uh, from our very own uh, transfer expert and guru um, from Fox's Talk as well, the legendary, the one and only Ric Flair. Woo! Boys, it's me. Don't know what to do with myself. My head's up, me Harris. We have been linked with a 10 out of 10. Ric Flair rating, 10 out of 10. Tete and Shakhtar Donetsk on loan at Leon. Contracts up this year. Don't know why Leon won't go for him or get him, but maybe they ain't got the money. He's a signing at all costs. He's got. He's a must-have. Left-footed right winger. Tick. Brazilian tick. 22 years old. Rapid. P- absolute pure source. Dribbles. Key passes. Progressive passes. Everything. He's just there. He's everything you want. Um, oh, we've got to get him, and I'm, I'm convinced we will. He's the signing we need. He's Mares, but Brazilian. And let's face it, we've never had a Brazilian. Leicester City has never signed a Brazilian. The closest we've had, any of us have had, is when we all lost the plot and shaved our hair off during lockdown. We've got to get him. 10 out of 10. Get it done. Go on! And then Harry Sutar from Stoke. That looks like it's close, in my opinion. He's a curious player, six foot six, absolute monster. Runs quite strangely, but I think he's quite mobile and quick, but he runs like he's got something unsavoury that's fallen down the back of his neck. Um, he's a bit like Maguire on the ball, very, very good, which I think we need alongside Face. 
Uh, and he also he's a physical monster, isn't he? And like Christiansen coming in, who seems to have that bit of fire, it will suddenly turn into a bit more of a physical team, which is what we need, and stop getting bullied. Uh, he's not scored as many goals as you'd expect for someone who's six foot six for Stoke, but for Australia, he's uh, got six in fourteen, I think. So he's obviously capable. But to be honest, we just need somebody who can defend properly first, and then worry about that after. I mean, the fact that. Most of our corner takers can't get the ball airborne. Don't really matter. Um, but yeah, he's. I'd say he's about a seven and a half, eight out of ten. Anything under fifteen million would be a bargain. Um, get it done. Very excited. Go on, boys. <laughs> there we are. That's Rick Flair once again with his little roundup of of, of a couple of players, Tete and, and Harry Suter. Let's start, shall we, with, with Tete, because we, I think we've mentioned Harry on, on previous episodes already. And I, like Rick, would be absolutely buzzing if we signed someone like Tete. But I'm going to quickly pour any kind of water on, on any excitement, cold water on any excitement, probably from your ice bath. Um, I can't see it happening. I can't. I feel like... He's he's such a, a good player. He's he's twenty two. Obviously, doing really well at Leon at the moment. And if he is available, Jordan, I can't help but feel there's going to be another club who can either come in and, and either pay more money to Shakhtar now, or can maybe pay more wages than us. He'd be great for us. He'd be perfect. But I just I can't see it, mate. I just can't see it happening. No, neither can I. It, it sounds like it's too good to be true because Rick yeah. is like a kid at Christmas there. Um, <laughs> But, you know, looking at his, his stats, six goals and three assists in 17 at, at Lyon. I mean... It's just 22. They're, they're, yeah, he's only 22. Obviously, they're a pretty big club in, in Ligue 1. Um, and Shakhtar have got a good reputation for developing and signing Brazilian players. I also don't understand why they would let him go when they've just sold Mudrik, um, who plays in a similar position that he can play either side. So, uh, it looks like... Um, Gonzalez isn't going to happen and I can't necessarily see Tete happening um, but yeah what a sign it would be by the by the sounds of it I've never seen him play um, don't want to sound like one of those transfer experts from a certain television show um, I, was, I was more concerned when we were linked with Anthony Gordon yesterday if he can't get in his own boyhood club who are absolutely terrible then certainly not for me but um Again, as we said last week, the club are clearly, clearly working on a right winger. Rogers is clearly asking for these players. So, um, if we could get Tete in, by the sound of it, he would he would fit the bill a, a treat. Mm. But it, it just it just sounded a bit too good to be true to me. Yeah, Jack, I, th- I feel a little bit frustrated in the sense that we are so deep now into this January transfer window, and and clearly whoever was the the target in terms of that position isn't isn't happening and now kind of working their way down a list aren't they and look, i remain confident that we will sign a, a forward slash right winger but i i, I get the sense it's it's not going to have been our, our first choice and i think it's going to be really late in the day because clearly we're, we're struggling to to get one over the line yeah i mean the the targets are quite reassuring so gonzalo i mean i was thinking about this earlier i was like gonzalo gonzalo or tete it's like take either of them yeah for sure um and considering you know at the start of the window we thought it was going to be like jeremy boger who's not even a right winger i mean he's i think he's probably an all right player i mean it might end up signing him but it sounds like we're going for quite a high caliber player i mean 
they are, I, I still think Gonzalez could happen. Fiorentina need money for uh, a midfielder, supposedly, and it sounds, you know, it sounds like he's quite keen on on coming for, you know, various reasons. Might be trying to get away from an ex girlfriend or something. Um, <laughs> I don't know, uh, but whatever makes it happen, I don't mind. Um, but either of those, I think, you know, the the idea of you know Barnes, Madison, and Tete or Gonzalez is is very very exciting. Um, so yeah, and and like I said, I, I, it it seems like we are now moving in the window. Like the fact that top is over here probably makes things a little bit easier. And I think you know the the situation is quite obvious to him. So so yeah, I I remain remain hopeful and and optimistic. I guess so. Um, so yeah, fingers crossed that. Um, Something like that happens. I don't. I don't know. But um. But yeah, I hope it's not Anthony Gordon like Jordan. Um. Mm. But I uh I take either of those two. Yeah. No. I think Anthony Gordon is is just not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. Um. Atalanta, by the way, lads are playing right now <laughs> as we speak. Lookman <laughs> and Boger have scored, have they? Uh. Well, no. The five minutes in and Lookman's just scored, so oh. he's now got twelve in in nineteen. And look. This isn't a, 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 a crap league and this isn't a team that's towards the bottom. This is, you know, a top side in Italy and a, and a very good division. 14 million quid. Yeah, um, I tweeted it during the week. Look, I know that he wasn't a world beater. He wasn't going to come in and, and score those kind of numbers in the Premier League. But Jordan, I mean, I'm not going to say it was a, one of the biggest mistakes his club has made in, in recent history because clearly they have made lots. But as far as transfer business and, and opportunities go, I mean... They must be looking at themselves thinking, how could we not have found 12 million or 13, whatever it was? I'm so frustrated. We're, we're talking about wingers right now on the, the, the 22nd, 23rd of, of January. And you had a kid there who was desperate to play for the club at a bargain fee and has gone off to Atalanta and is absolutely tearing it apart. Yeah, we were chatting about this yesterday because um, I think my dad actually was saying he didn't think Lookman was a starter. And this, my sort of counter-argument to that was, well, Lookman has never settled at any club. No, ever. he needed a home. He needed somewhere to settle and mm. develop himself and push him, push himself yeah. as a starter. And I think he would have been. And yeah, I mean, Congerton went over to Atalanta and he took, he took Lookman with him pretty much straight away, I think. And he's, he's absolutely flying over there and it is a good league. Um, and obviously, you know, like you said, they're beating Juventus now and Juventus getting that 15-point deduction. Um, really suits Atalanta. They could be playing Champions League football next yep. season, and, and Lookman could be <laughs> could be starring for them. So yeah, it's, it's easy to say now, isn't it? But I, I think even at the time, most of us would have said twelve million just, quid. Just get, get him in. Get him in. Yeah. I thought even last season he came uh, came on off the bench a few times. He looked lively, by no means the complete package or the full package. But there was there's definitely a talented player there. Obviously, he scored the winner against Liverpool. Um, and for 12 million quid, yeah. I mean, e- even if he was shit, it wouldn't have mattered really. For that price, <laughs> would it? Let's be honest. Um, and here we are scratching around yeah. trying to get another right winger in. And meanwhile, Dennis Pratt still made a paper and, and Sharky's coming off the bench still. So, yeah, it seems like we missed out on a really decent player there. Yeah, well, look, it's it's gone. Um, let's talk about potential then incomings. And, and Jack, talk about Harry Suter. So Harry was left out of the Stoke squad this weekend with a minor injury um <laughs> means nothing yeah means absolutely well, nothing as we well know no i'm well, joking well, it, uh, it means it means absolutely something i'm, I'm going to uh, do some maths as well here as, as well and you can come to whatever conclusion that you want harry suit has a minor injury and doesn't play we know that stoke 
want Daniel Everson. We also know that Leicester have recalled Jacob Stelarchek from his loan at Fleetwood. It, it's all kind of, I'm just getting these numbers, Jack, and, and piece them all together. And, you know, if, if Harry Suit is number five, I'm getting pretty close to that number, I have to say. Yeah, I think I think so. Um, I'm slightly concerned about the strange thing on his neck uh, when he runs uh, that Rick described. Um, <laughs> what is that, by the way? I don't, I don't know, but I imagine <laughs> if you're six, six foot six, you have to crouch through doorways quite often. So um, he he probably has to has to do that. But oh, he looked fantastic in the World Cup. Uh, so I, I know a uh, Stoke season ticket holder and. You know they've they've raved for a while about Collins and and Suter when when he was fit, and they said to me that um, they think Suter's better than Collins. Um, yeah, yeah. And you know, sort of a bit Maguire like, but I don't think he's he's slow. And I mean, we need someone that just sticks their head on anything, and he seems to do that. He's not, you know, six foot six like Vestergaard, but jumps to you know five foot six. He <laughs> seems to actually be able to jump. So so yeah, and play a little bit of football as well. He he loves a 30 yarder. So, I mean, I'm, I don't think he's, you know, he's not going to be for Fana level, but he's, I, it feels like with the signings we're making, we've returned to the blueprint a little bit in terms of the players that we were signing a few years ago, in terms of us being that club that, you know, you, you go to, to like make a name for yourself rather than, you know, signing the likes of Vestergaard and Bertrand. So that, that's reassuring for me, but it that seem it, it seems like a no brainer in terms of we have a goalkeeper that they want. Yeah. Whether we can gamble without having a number two, I don't I don't know or, or promote Smithy's has played He's championship football, yeah, isn't he? So um so I think I think there's a way way of making it happen. Um and he, he yeah, he'd be a good fit, I think, by the by the sounds of it and the, the finances involved. So um, yeah. so yeah, mm. get him you, in. You mentioned Yannick Vestergaard. I've seen links, by the way, with Besiktas. Um, I think they're they're managed by Valerian Ismail, and what they've signed Deli Ali. They had Valtvey, course. They they like to come shop in the Premier League to to Besiktas. So maybe Yannick could be on his way out this month. And um, Jordan Jack mentioned, and as did Ric Flair uh, when talking about Harry uh, Suter, Harry Maguire, and there there does appear to be the, the comparisons between the two. Uh, in terms of playing style, also uh, they really look like each other as well. They've got the same shaped head, which I find quite unnerving. You know, if you if you if you put you know brunette black hair on on Harry Souter, he could probably get away with being a Harry Maguire lookalike. Um, but for all the stick that Harry Maguire gets, I think we'd be quite happy with Jordan if he's anything like him. Yeah, I mean, you know my thoughts on on uh, not having Maguire back. That was the other week, but as a big England fan. Maguire's probably our best centre-half in an England shirt and uh, obviously he's fell out of favour at United, but he was very good for us. So if he's if he's anything like uh, like Maguire, then, it, you know, it'd be a very good signing. And got the left-back in. Looks like we probably going to get another centre-back in. So it's pretty clear where um, Brendan thinks that we need to, to improve. Um, and I think he could probably form a decent partnership with, with Fez. Um, not knocking Amati too much, but I think he'll be the one to make way. Unless we go to three at the back, then we can play all three of them together. It gives you another option because obviously he's not having Soyuncu. Vestergaard looks like he's on his way out. So it gives it does give the manager um, another option to change the shape. Um, I, again, I don't know too much about him, but from everything that I'm reading and hearing um, from Stoke fans as well, it does sound like he's a, he's a very good player. So... Um, yeah, like Jack says, for the finances involved, then get it done. 
Mm, yeah, no, I, I, I do feel a little bit um, hesitant in terms of going overboard in terms of excitement for Harry Souter, just because. Well, not just because, but I don't know. Maybe I'm being unfair on him. But you know, when you have like a top level player, maybe at the bottom of the Premier League or, or the Championship, you know, Premier League clubs naturally come sniffing, and there doesn't really appear to be loads mm. of other Premier League clubs interested in Harry Sousa. And I just feel that sometimes at the moment, in terms of where Leicester are at financially, the the best place for them to go and find a player who who they who they know is or not who they know, but who's got the best chance of me progressing into something really really good. Is abroad, you know. You, you look at, you know, Wout, and and you look at maybe Christiansen. You know, the value in in the markets abroad, Jack. Obviously, it is a lot better, and you know, there is an element of risk signing a player from a champ from the championship because you don't know if they can make that step up, and, and also they come at a premium because they are here in England. And you know, as I said, that he hasn't really been linked to any any other Premier League club. So, you know, this could be always a signing out of convenience because we know that they want Daniel Everson. You know. <laughs> I want somebody to come in and be obviously clearly better than what we already have. And I have to say, I'm not 100% sold on, on Harry Suter being that guy. Do you think I've maybe been a little bit harsh? I think it's a girlfriend analogy here, Jake. <laughs> it's too obvious and sensible, so you don't want to go for it. I think that's that's yeah, why. It's a bit boring, I, I, isn't it? <laughs> I, yeah, exactly. Exactly. She wants you too much. Mm. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I Well, apparently there is lots of interest in him. Um, uh, firstly, so that was what was said on Friday. I, um, I actually, I disagree with you slightly. I think that we don't chop enough in the championship. I think the the players that come up from the championship, there's loads that spring to mind in terms of the ones that have really stepped up. So you look at the likes of Jared Bowen. I think yeah. the most expensive centre back that's come out of the championships, Webster at Brighton, who's a really good player. You, again, you look at Brighton and look at some of the players that have stepped up there. Dunk was a championship defender. So I actually think it's underrated in terms of, you know, Madison, Dewsbury Hall. Like the, the, there are players there that really do, you know, look the part in the in the Premier League. And actually the value is not always crazy. Um, so, so yeah, I, I think sometimes we can get a little bit carried away with certain leagues in Europe that aren't necessarily that good. Um, I'm, I'm trying to think of one now. I think well, scoring goals in Germany is not always a great barometer for scoring goals anywhere else because if you don't score goals in Germany, you've got a problem, I think. No disrespect to that league. But um, but yeah, I, I, I think you're underrating the the um, the championship slightly. And also, you know, I, the, the only game I watched him during the World Cup was against Argentina and, and Australia were outstanding and he was outstanding. Yeah. So uh, I mean he's and he's not slow because he was against Alvarez and Messi, you know one of the probably the best strike partnership in the World Cup, and I thought he was he was superb. So I, I don't know. I think I think we could. Um, I'm, I would be really excited by signing him. So um, uh, so yeah. Well, do you know what Jack? You've 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 talked me around. I'm now sold on it. Get him in. Um, lads, before we finish up, let's have a quick word, shall we, on, on Walsall. Um, it's the FA Cup, uh, fourth round this weekend. Now, of course, it's, it's a game we want to win. We want to progress well in, into the FA Cup. Of course we do, Go, goes without saying. But but Jordan, it's it's the last game before we head into a really, really, really difficult run of fixtures away at Villa. Then we play Spurs. Then we play United. Then we play Arsenal. Um, how would you attack this game against Walsall this weekend? Because we're in the unusual scenario i think you know certainly for for a long time now where premier league survival and, and status is, is more important than, than going in the cups isn't it so is this a game 
that you don't really focus on this weekend because I mean I hate saying that because I want us to always go deep in the cups. You know, we all love a cup run. You know, um, but yeah, we, we are, aren't we? This uh, unusual situation we haven't been in a long time where we've kind of got to decide what's more important. Yeah, I think it'll be a similar team to at Gillingham. I'm, mm. I'm not sure if we've got any uh, available <laughs> fit players to change the team anyway. But Not loads. Um, I do disagree slightly because, you know, win this, a game that we should win, really. And then we're into the last 16. And then you get, you know, Madison and KDH look like they're, they're back fit. Hopefully, Samari and I think indeed he's injured now as well, isn't he? Yeah, um, a couple of weeks. At least. Yeah, so, so hopefully you get a few more players back. You might get two or three players in that are not cup tied, and all of a sudden you're in last sixteen. Get a good draw, could be in the quarterfinals of an FA Cup, and that's quite a nice tonic um, when you're struggling in the league to give you a bit of confidence. So um, hopefully we could keep, keep getting some uh, some decent draws. But I'm, I imagine it'd be similar to the Gillingham team. And um, just before I, I sign off, I'll be there. So um, anyone. Good man anyone wants to come over and have a, have a chat, please do. Um, it was nice to speak to a few people after the Forest game um, and a lot of pressure on this episode after last week because um, we did we did reasonably well compared with our, our other um, podcasts. And, and, you know, us three, we're not doing it for, for profit or notoriety or anything like that. We put our own money into this podcast and it's, it's more of a labour of love than anything. So, um, yeah, please come over and have a chat. I think Jack might be there as well, but I'm not 100% sure. I need to sort my ticket, but I am, <laughs> I am open to be there. So, Jack, the, the, the final or last word then from yourself on, on today? Um, uh, I, I think in terms of Walsall, I would, we've only got a game a week now for the next five weeks, haven't we? So, Which is good. I, yeah, so I would play the strongest team, to be honest. And I think Rogers does tend to do that. So, so yeah, I would, I would play the strongest team. And hopefully we've got a couple of new faces in so they can bed in a little bit. And... Um, the only, so yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to going. It's uh, it'll be my last game for a while as I'm off to Australia uh, on a Harry Suter tribute tour after we sign him <laughs> yes. for three and a bit weeks. Uh, <laughs> so I'll have to figure out how I dial in or whatever for that. But um, yeah, and uh, and the only thing, uh, anything else I was going to say uh, say yesterday, I've I've omitted one positive from yesterday, which oh, was. On. Chris Davies and Mike Stahl absolutely going at the Brighton bench, and yes. I loved it. Like, I, they, I, Davies, I agree. Mm. You know, you know when you see fights and someone shouting outside, outside. Davies was properly going for it, and I was like, "Finally, yeah." One of you has shown a pair, so um, they were all going at them. And actually, I was like, "That's that's what we need. We need a little bit of mm. fight and grit." And I, we don't want to see that every week, but just you know, the club standing up for themselves a little bit. So, um, so yeah, that that was probably you know to end on a positive. We uh, more of that, please, uh, from those two. Yeah, Stally's a, a big lad. I wouldn't want yeah. to mess with him, I don't think. Well, Chris ain't small either, but no, Jack, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that because I thought the exact same, thinking, yes, go on, go for it. We just never see it, do we? Um, all right. Um, so, yeah, we'll end it there. We'll, we'll, we'll finish up. Uh, apologies again um, if you think we've gone on too long. So congratulations if you have made it all the way through to the end of, of this episode. Uh, thank you for your your patience and your commitment. Um, it's very much appreciated. So look, uh, Walsall up next in the FA Cup fourth round. We'll be back uh, next week as we look ahead to that really difficult run of fixtures. But um, yeah, we're in a slightly more positive mood after not losing. And we have got a signing and maybe a couple of more in by then. So look, enjoy the weekend, enjoy the game. We'll speak to them.
Social Podcast Network.